Hello, guys, and welcome to episode seven. Today, we're going to talk about Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. So it's just our book review for um, the month of December. Sweet. Yep. Okay. So we're going to talk about three things we have been loving lately. Yes. You want to go first? Okay. So three things I've been loving recently. I'll just keep it short and sweet. Basically, Japanese jazz music. I've been... I feel like I talk about music a lot, like every episode, but also like lo-fi beats. I've been listening to a lot of Japanese jazz music. I don't know. It just, it's a fun vibe when I'm driving. It feels like a video game. <laughs> or <something like> that. <laughs> um, the second thing is I just got um, a new film camera. It's a Nikon F2 and I just put my film in it and I'm super excited to try it out. So I'm really been loving that. I've been playing around with it and it's perfect. I got a pretty good steal for it on eBay, so really psyched about that. And the third thing is getting my nails done. Something I was just doing for self-care, kind of just to elevate me, is getting my nails done every month. So, yeah, I got green nails this time. So, yeah, those are my three things. They look really good. Thank you. Yours too, dude. Thank We're you. like a Christmas little primary, or not primary colors. <laughs> so she has green nails and I have red nails. So that's what she means. Yeah, yes. <laughs> all um, right what are your things or so yeah. instead of doing three of my favorite things lately i'm going to just tell you my makeup routine it'll be short and sweet there's not a lot to it well it's like medium amount of things so the first thing i do is i use a brush from elf it's called the putty primer applicator and i'll use the the sun or the skin aqua um, sunscreen, sunscreen. It's SPF 50, I believe, and I'll put that all over my face after I do like a thin layer of my moisturizer, and then um, I let that dry down. I put it around my ears, of course, down my neck, and then I use the Elf Power Grip Primer, and I put that all over my face. And then I use, I don't like waiting, so I'll get like a blow dryer and dry my face. So, like, it's, like, still sticky, you know, but mm -hmm. it's not gonna... Like, tacky. Yeah. So, then I get my NARS uh, pot concealer, and I have this specific concealer brush that I really have been loving. I got it from Ipsy. So, that was cool. Nice. Um, yeah, and it's, like, the perfect brush for, like spot concealing so that's all i do i don't really wear foundation i just use um concealer and i spot conceal the areas and then i use like a buffer brush and buff it into my face and then i use the boy brow by glossier but it's like i got it in like 2019 so what 20 so 20 21 22 it's three years old <laughs> yeah. and I ran out a long time ago, but I wasn't going to throw it away because it's like a free brush, you know, like a mm -hmm. mini brush. So all I did was I added like um, eyedroppers into the thing and then I just shook it around and it's Ooh. like the pigment is really good. And after I do that, I let it set and then I use a setting spray and I use the Milani Make It Last and that one's really good. I do want to yeah, try it makes it last. <laughs> yeah. Perfect wording. Um and then, because then after I do the setting spray, I let it dry down, and then I do my eyelashes. I have like straight, uh, heavy 
uh, Asian lashes, and so if I were to do my lashes and then use a setting spray, they'll just go flat again. Delta. So that's why I do it like that order. Um, so, yeah, I curl my lashes, and then I use the Maybelline. Um, I don't remember Something. what it's <laughs> I don't remember. That's okay. A Maybelline okay. mascara. But it is my favorite mascara ever for my Asian lashes. Like, they'll stay up. Dude, send a photo or post a photo on Instagram or something. I want to I wanna see because I haven't tried to find a good one. I try, like, telescopic, but it No, did, that one's too heavy. Yeah, it did not work for me. It used to work, actually, back in 2019. I don't know if they changed the formula or Probably something. Probably new formula, yeah. But that really pissed me off because now it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I had to I, like I had to give just throw it away, not give. <laughs> oh, it's called the Lash Discovery Mini Brush, and it's water. You have to get the waterproof one. Okay, but but um, yeah, this is my go-to. I love it, and it's not gonna make your eyelashes look like it has falsies. It's just like for a natural, like you want some bolded eyelashes, it'll do it. Yeah, for sure. Very but nice. Yeah. That's it. And for lips, eh, it just ta- it changes. Whatever yeah. I'm feeling. I have been liking um, Jessica Alba's new like makeup line called Honest. And you know, like, you know, the Clinique Black Honey. Mm-hmm. And it's like sold out or super expensive. Well, I found the dupe for it. And it's like a lip balm. And I love it. Nice, nice. I'm oh, talking a lot about makeup. That's okay. I, I want to do an episode about like products and stuff, just things we've been loving because I feel like we got a lot to like share. So if you want the Black Honey from Clinique dupe, it's I think it's like eight bucks, maybe Damn. less. It's Plum Drop, the shade Plum Drop by Honest Beauty. Good to know. Perfect. Yeah, I think the Clinique Black Honey one's like $22 plus. I don't know. I feel weird about paying that much for lip products. I get that. I use like the Burt's Bees one, like the tinted one. I don't know Mm. how much that is, but I like it. The stinging feeling, the mintiness. (laughs) The minty. Um, Okay, so moving on to Crying in H Mart. I personally really love the book. I give it a four out of five stars. I feel like... Maybe I would have gave it five stars if the like I'm not dissing her writing at all, but I, I just felt like it lost me towards the end. I feel like we talked about that. It just kind of like fell off. Like I found it hard to get through the last couple chapters. But other than that, I really enjoyed overall the whole message, her story, all that. Okay. I would probably give this book a three out of five stars. But this is just like me. I'm not saying, oh, like nobody go read this book it's just my experience um i don't know why but it took me like two (laughs) two and a half weeks to read this book i think okay i'm not gonna say like oh i didn't like it it wasn't about that it was just it took me a really long time to get into the book that's understandable and and it really resonates with me too, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's literally so many things that uh relate to me within this book and I was like, "Oh my god, I totally understand what she's talking about." Yeah. And but like 
at the same time, like, I don't know why. Just, I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. Yeah, no, it's not for everybody. I mean, I feel like we should definitely get something out of the way. Like, I love Michelle's Honor. Her band, Japanese Breakfast, oh my God, obsessed. Like, been listening to them a lot recently while we've been reading this. So, I feel like when I heard, like, she wrote a book, I was super excited to read it because I'm like, oh, I've been a big fan. I want to see, like, what she had to write. So, yeah, I feel like similar to, like, it was, I love the story. I feel like a lot of things resonated with me, but I just felt like it was missing a really good, like, intriguing factor, like, towards the end and the beginning. Like, the middle, I really enjoyed. But, yeah, it was hard to, like, really finish it off and just, I don't know. Maybe it's just the writing style. I, I didn't mind the writing style. I think definitely compared to The House Across the Lake that we did last yeah. month, uh, like you said, his was very vague in his descriptions, but Zoner put like a lot of descriptive words in there and for like sure. her sentences were like paragraphs, man. <laughs> um, yeah. And like it was good because I was able to picture everything, you know, and mm-hmm. like I was like, oh, this is really cool. Really good way to say this. But it was just very extensive extensive towards the end like it was like there was already an ending and i guess she was like going getting getting over everything yeah. in a way like moving on with her life but it was like she was extending it too much i get that for sure yeah too far out and i was like i think you could have ended the book a little bit shorter that's understandable yeah 100 percent. i feel like i can see that like some things were drawn out that didn't need to be but you know it is her memoir so I understand like she can do what she want to do but like yeah as a reader I feel like the similar like there's some things I'm like okay we already established that like I'm good like uh, like let's go yeah it's not like a book it's not like a fictional book that like oh I can't get enough of this story I want more it's not that kind of book so I was like uh when is this gonna end (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah um also I feel like we should say if you don't know what Crying in H-Mart is, it is a memoir written by Michelle Zahner, and she grew up as a Korean-American girl um, in the United States. She lost her mother, um, and she basically highlights her pain of not looking like everybody else, missing moments of visiting Korea, and her relationship with her family, most prominently her mother. Well said. <laughs> um, should we get our like life put into this for like perspective reasons Oh, for sure yeah yeah okay um i'll go first then yeah so um i was born in south korea in wanju and we moved around here and there in korea but i grew up there till i was almost 13 and then i moved to the states so i went to korean elementary school kindergarten daycares um, hagwons, if you know what that is, that's like, it's like, um, like piano lessons or art lessons or dancing lessons, kind of like that kind of thing, or even mm-hmm. like tutoring stuff. And I went to that, I did Taekwondo for like seven years. Um, I, a lot of Korean culture has been implemented into my life. That was until like I had to leave, I lost a lot of the language. I, I'm not fluent anymore. I can understand what people say. I can read and write it. I even have a Korean hairstylist now, but um, I'm not even Korean is what I'm trying to say, basically. I'm half Thai and half American. So that's some perspective for you. Yeah, for sure. I feel like 
I'm definitely different from Joe, but I am fully Korean, but I was adopted when I was younger. So I was born in South Korea in Incheon and I was adopted when I was a baby. So I didn't get to experience the culture, the language. And I felt like that's always been a big part of my identity that I've missed. And I can't really blame anybody for it. It's just something that I never got to experience because I grew up in a very white family. <laughs> so it's been tough. I feel like also me and Joe grew up in a Southern town and being Asian woman, that was tough. So we definitely <laughs> had a lot to deal. And much like Michelle's honor in her book, she grew up in a kind of small town in Oregon where she was like one of the only people of color, really. So I felt like, or Asian Americans. So I feel like we definitely got that feeling and understanding from the book. So I feel like maybe that's why those ideas resonate with us. I'm not saying if you're Asian American or Asian, to you need to read this book. But I feel like it would be a really good read for anybody who's experienced things like that. It doesn't matter the race or your, your gender, nothing. I feel like it's eye-opening and really informative about how people experience the world differently than just, say, your average Joe. <laughs> not, oh wait, no, not you. You're not a thing, like Joe. Like Joe. Like I get you what know. you're saying. <laughs> okay, like Apple Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> that was that was a good way to put it. Um, anybody could read it for sure. Um, there I have. So in my Kindle, I have like a bunch of highlights from the book i think like a total of 38 highlights <laughs> um and every single highlight to me means that i recognize something in the book like i understood it yeah. or i know exactly what she's talking about yeah stuff that really resonated with you yeah and not necessarily cancer i haven't dealt with that in my family or myself or anybody close to me so that's not that's something i want to get in um put in place for you guys to understand like i don't understand that kind of stuff i feel like there's some things that we do align with and some things that we don't but i feel like her story is just really eye-opening to see kind of that like relationship with her mother it wasn't always the best but now that she has passed she's learned so much from it Mm -hmm. And I feel like all of us can kind of take that in a way. Like there's always ups and downs with relationships. And even though it might not be exactly like hers, it's something that we can kind of see. And then maybe, you know, not take things for granted and be like, you know, go hug your mom a little longer. Go tell her you miss her. You love her. That type of thing. You know? Yeah. Um, and being in a different country from like your mother's native tongue I feel like it's so frustrating for Zoner because after her mother had passed, like she she barely knew how to speak it. She could just say like simple phrases, like yeah, a one not a one year old, like a first grader or something. Yeah, um, not being able to communicate with your relatives and your extended family that's gotta be taking a huge toll on your life for sure and your men mental health, like. I can't even connect with my family. Mm -hmm. it, like, I mean, you could, and she did. It was just a lot of work and frustration. And I don't think it helped her 
situation. Yeah, for sure. Like it just made her like even more sad. I think something, yeah, like she couldn't connect on that level. But something I did like that she brought to light was all the Korean food and kind of how that impacted her relationships with people and her mother and stuff like that. Because she talked about a lot of Korean food and made me hungry the whole time. That is true. (laughs) What would you say is your favorite? Honestly, I don't even know she talked about kimbap, but I just had some the other day. She did, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she did. (laughs) But She said something about making it for her for a daughter Zona. oh yeah 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 so yeah. i don't know that's just an easy little meal similar to obviously sushi so i would say i have like two favorites pibimbap and kimchi jjigae the kimchi stew yeah and pibimbap you know like the bowl with the egg and the gochu mm-hmm. gochu jang <laughs> no for sure I feel like um, I've always, even though I guess people would refer me as a banana <laughs> because, but it's like, so I can't hope. I still love Korean food and Korean culture. Like, I mean, I mean because I am. <laughs> yeah. There, I don't, I understand like if people are not that ethnicity and they have found like an enjoyment in certain food or culture or whatever. Um, I think there's a difference between appreciating something and then like appropriating something. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you just have to do the research on it because every culture like came from nothing and then became something, right? It mm-hmm. took a lot of work and a lot of ancestral background. It just doesn't make sense to make something that's not yours yours it's like stealing it's like copywriting it's like pirating (laughs) it's literally illegal i mean like not i mean pirating is illegal not that appropriating is illegal but yeah no i get what you're saying yeah i feel like there's a huge difference in being able to respect other cultures that's important because everybody should get to experience good food good people good laughs you know all that stuff but yeah don't overstep it i would say um that kind of ties into racism, Loki. So that's something I wanted to talk about because she kind of experienced stuff like that throughout the book. And I feel like for me and you growing up in a small town in the South, that was tough. <laughs> so one yeah. story I have for me, um, I was working at Subway. It was like my second job. I was 16 and 17 at the time, something like that. And Basically, I it was during COVID time, like COVID just started and I was working there because whatever, I need to make money. What, okay, all that stuff. And there's this lady who came in and she's wearing one of those t-shirts that's like, God wins, love, you know, one of those fucking Christian t-shirts. And literally she asked for somebody else to serve her. She didn't explicitly say because I'm Asian or have COVID, but she asked for somebody else to help her and serve her. And I was like, um, I just washed my hands. I just put on a new pair of gloves. Like I'm able to help and assist you and make your fucking sandwich. Like I was so nice (sighs) about it. And she was like, uh, no, I just want somebody else. Like basically like that. And I did not know how to feel. I didn't break out crying. I just stood there and I was like, I never experienced something so bad like that before. And I was like, uh, 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 I was like, okay, uh, let me go get my other coworker. And my other coworker, she is not 
white either. So I was like, okay, girl, have fun with that one. So I went to the back and I just sat there and I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, did that just happen? And I just started bawling like later after it. But yeah, so I feel like maybe we all kind of have an experience like that. Or I feel like as an Asian woman who has lived in the United States in the South, like I feel like a lot of things have happened, like whether it be fetishizing you know, Asian woman or just being looked at or being like, or just people making these racist remarks, like all of that stuff adds up. And it's really hard to deal with that because there's still racism in America, like (laughs) especially against Asian American woman or Asian woman or anything. I mean, obviously we're not the most oppressed group and it's not a competition, but it's something that a lot of us had to deal with. And I feel like Michelle Zahner kind of portrays it in a way as well. So I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, And not to mention, like, I think in our hometown, it's like one or two percent Asian people. (laughs) Yeah. Like very low population of us. Um, And I would say that from my experience, I'm getting the most memorable one (laughs) from recently. And it has been a while. I was in high school my senior year about to graduate and I was on the track team and we were pra- we were doing a high jump practices and going through the drills and stuff and there's this ninth grader and he's like on the football team and yeah I'm gonna out him but I'm not gonna say his name but this just goes to show like the amount of disrespect and lack of self-awareness this person has it was around COVID time like you had mentioned and he first threatened to hit me. He was joking around with his friends and like he threatened to slap the bob off of my head. And I had like a little bob moment going on. It was like curly and short and I Hello had things. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then he was like, if you don't shut the F up, I'm going to spit in your face. He said that to me. Oh my God. And I was so angry that like tears were forming in my eyes because first yeah. of all, I'm I was like team captain, one of the team captain. I think we had four or three team captains. And first of all, I'm surrounded by hundreds of kids because this I don't know why this track team has so many kids, but they did. Yeah, for real. Um, and how I act out is I care about that stuff. I care about how I represent myself because you yeah. know, like the saying, like. of what happens to you is, like, whatever. And 10% of it is how you, like, react towards Mm -hmm. it. And I was trying to keep my mind to settle down. And so I just walked off. I just walked off and I took a walk and I went to go do javelin. And I was literally cursing so much. I was like, oh, my... God, and I was like, yes, I was so mad, and I was talking to myself, and then someone came up, I think it was one of the other kids, and he's like, are you okay? I heard what happened, and I was like, and I was so mad, I was so, so mad, and like, that's kind of, like, he threatened me, you know? Yeah. Like, he threatened to hurt me, and he threatened to spin at me. No, that is disgusting that he would even say that, and even though it might not outwardly, he didn't say because you're Asian, we can all tell it's a racially motivated, you know, thing he did. I just, I didn't, I was like, 
they were goofing off and I was like, come on, let's get the drill done. Cause like we only have so many time. like the time, there's time limit to everything. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be at practice till like 7 PM. So, and this kid's a ninth grader and I really just wanted him off the track team. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he was on there is cause he did football and like, that's one thing that really pissed me off is, like, the school is, like, if you're on, like, like a certain team, like, oh, yeah, you're on this team, good enough, you can definitely do track, you know? Yeah. Like, just run. And no, it just kind of, really like, sad. took away the respect for the sport I was doing. But anyways, I think we're getting off topic. No, you're good. Um, yeah, growing up with a lot of hatred and bullying it's like it's making you feel like you don't belong somewhere and I feel like Zoner definitely felt that like oh I don't fit the stereotypical beautifulness just like white blonde hair blue eyes yeah and then I feel like she also found it hard to find her identity within like the Korean culture because she didn't speak it and like connecting with her family so she was kind of in that middle ground no middle line however you want to say middle it ground, like yeah. yeah in between both groups and just it was hard to find her identity and I feel like for a lot of us it can be hard to find our identity within a certain group because we don't get to pick where we live really when we're young or growing up we don't get to pick things right. that we learn you know we're just young we don't even get to pay, be picked to be born yeah for real <laughs> <laughs> um is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, more about the book. I feel like it was kind of plainly written, but in a beautiful way because it kind of felt like, kind of like you mentioned in the beginning, like it makes you almost feel like the main character and relates to her even more due to how it was written, you know? And it's kind <laughs> of like hauntingly beautiful in a way too. And I feel like kind of what I got from the book was just as humans we take a lot of moments and things for granted until it's gone you know so that's just kind of like really what I got out of it I I do think like that is like the main idea of her book and her purpose um not to take things for granted you only have so much time with someone Mm -hmm. and I think She's also saying, like, the closest thing to her mother and her culture is the food. Yeah. And that makes so much sense. And I know it's very cliche for her to say, like, in the beginning of the book, like, oh, we all go to H Mart and we all have the same reason to, like, be closer to the one you love or, like, home-style foods like uh home cooked meals like everything relates back to your mom and dad or yeah for sure family whatnot and like it's so true though like if you're sick and your mom made you like some type of porridge like you know like oh i miss that or something yeah. like that you know and no, for me for sure. it's not well i do have korean ones korean like foods but i'm gonna talk about my thai foods i yeah, think my yeah. favorite is somtam. <laughs> what is that? Which is it's just okay, it's a it's a spicy salad with chopped like really thin pieces of papaya 
it's kind of like noodly and it has like a crunchy texture because like oh, you know it's so not good. it's not a ripe papaya i hate ripe papayas by the way <laughs> it tastes like vomit and i'm not trying to diss on anybody who likes papaya (laughs) but i tried to eat it on the airplane one time and dude i almost threw up because it tasted like barf anyways oh and one thing in the book sorry i'm going a little bit off topic no you're Um, good good. zoner mentioned something about riding on or flying on korean airlines right Mm -hmm. how her and her mom would eat the pimpop on the Mm -hmm. airplane and the way she described it was so insane. I started like tasting it in my mouth because I used to do that with my mom too. That's cool. In the toothpaste thing, mm-hmm. it has gochujang. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's oh cool. Oh my God. And, and that was really cool to me. And 100%. I love Korean Airlines, by the way. <laughs> I love their airport, mostly because I remember going there a lot. Aww. Um, no, that's so cool that you could like relate on that level. So the way she displayed it just kind of like hit you like a wave, like of all yeah. those emotions and memories. That's really cool. Um. Oh, I was talking about something. So papaya. Yes. Um. It has tomatoes, lime, Thai chili peppers, uh, f- fish sauce. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fish oil. Not fish oil. I mean, is it fish oil? Um, fermented crabs. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. It smells really bad, but it tastes really good. Isn't that most Asian foods? A hundred percent. Yeah. So. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of that stereotypical thing. You bring like kind of an Asian food. That's not a fucking sandwich with cheeses or something to lunch. <laughs> and everybody looks at you and they're like, oh my God, that smells. But you're like... Like, oh my god, you know I did that one time. It was my junior year, I think. No, it was my senior year. I was in a class full of juniors. It was in pre-cal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was during COVID, and so no one could eat in the lunchroom. We had to eat in the classroom. And I think, I remember like eating lunch with you in the car for lunchtime. Yeah. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to class. Honest. Um, but I ended up just going, and I used to pack my lunch in the beginning of the semester because I was like, oh, I don't want to eat the school food because yeah. like COVID and stuff. But I opened it and it was like a beef salad, spicy beef salad that my mom made. And yeah. I had that. And it has like the smallest bit of fish sauce in it. And people were like, ew, what the hell is that? Oh my and God. I was like, oh shit. Dude. No. <laughs> what that feeling? I feel like I've had very similar experiences. It's like, y'all don't know how good that shit is. It's so good. And like, you just gotta get yeah. past the smell. I mean, think about it. People who love this stuff and eat this stuff, they grew up with it. It's not yeah. anything bad or weird. Exactly. I'm sorry you just didn't get the chance or the opportunity to have this amazing delicacy of Asian <laughs> food. For sure. Oh my god, yes. Now I do remember that because um, I worked out a great schedule where I barely had to go to lunch and I only had two classes at high school for my senior year and then I graduated <laughs> early. So I remember like I'd be like, okay, I'm in the parking lot and then you just come and we just like eat in the car and then go inside <laughs> together. I remember that. Oh man, that was fun. I, we didn't do it enough though. I think they started uh, letting us go to lunch, though. Because, yeah. you know, in the South, they did not care about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, Fun times. But yeah, overall, really good book. You guys should give it a read if you're interested, if you liked our review, you know? Yes. So for the month of January, you know, like the new year, 
uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to read and talk about the book by a book called, um, hold on. <laughs> I want to get it right. The Obstacle is the Way, The Timeless Art of Turning Trials into Triumph by Ryan Holiday. Yes. To sum it up, the book is about um, using the obstacles that are in your way. And instead of making it like a burden, like an excuse, you turn it into something better. For sure. So somebody who listens to the podcast, one of Joe's co-workers, actually recommended this book. So if you guys have any recommendations for February going on, let us know because we really like to read what you guys want us to, you know, what you guys want to listen to type of thing. Yes. Thank you, co-worker. Yes. <laughs> All right. It's time to wrap it up. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed episode seven. Crazy to think how far and how many episodes we're in now. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed our book review. Thanks. Bye-bye.